Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Chaos. Nothing personal. Word of the day. It's Thursday, September 23rd, 2021. This is regular Nothing Personal episode number 450. Not counting sit downs and mailbags and any other various extras. 450 of these regular words of the day. And the word today is chaos because there is chaos in the land of 10,000 losses. Up there in the north where it turns to winter right about now. I think today may be the first day of fall, but it could have been yesterday. Minnesota, the twins stink, but we're not talking about the twins. The Minnesota North Stars can't win a Stanley Cup. Now we're not talking about them either. (laughs) We're talking about the Minnesota Timberwolves. I wouldn't normally talk about the Timberwolves unless something major was happening, right? Maybe talk about COVID a little bit and the incredibly sad, tragic story around Cat and what happened with COVID and the losses he suffered. This is obviously not life or death, but the NBA season is starting now. Regular season starts in under a month. Training camp is happening now. Teams are reporting. It's on. When you run a team and you're starting your season, you've had an entire offseason to do two things. One, put your team together on the field. Two, put your team together off the field. You have your structure in place. Everyone has their assignments. Who's scouting who? Who's assigned to what road trip? Which front office person? Everyone's got the role and it's defined because all the offseason work that you've done is preparing you for the first day of training camp. And then you get into the rhythm of the season. The Timberwolves announced through Glenn Taylor, who is the owner for now, who sold the Timberwolves, as you may recall, to Mark Lore and... Derek Rodriguez, they're taking over over the course of two years. Sorry, Jennifer Rodriguez. No, no, sorry, Alex Affleck. I keep getting confused as to who's what and where's when. All I know is that A-Rod is going to take over in a couple of years, maybe. Wait to see. So that's normal. You sell the team. You have a path to control for the people you sell it to. You get to hang on for a couple of years and try to make the playoffs for the second time in 19 years. The Timberwolves just have been extremely unsuccessful. I know what it's like. It's hard. It's hard. It's hard. More teams make it in the NBA, though. So they're going to training camp. Everything's good. There's meetings going on. And then an announcement comes. Look out. The owner's coming in. What? The owner's coming in now? The owner's not due to be in until the first preseason game. No, no, no. He's driving in from his house on one of the 10,000 lakes. Here he comes. Glenn, is that you? 
Hey, Gerson, Rosas, I need to talk to you right now. Right now. Get in here now. Alex, not you. You can't have this meeting. I'm the owner. Gerson Rosas is the first Latino to run a NBA team. His hiring was lauded in May 2019 as a huge step forward for diversity. The NBA applauded the hiring. Glenn Taylor fired him yesterday. Right as training camp was starting. It's inconceivable. How can you run a team where you fire your president of basketball operations right before training camp? Something acute must have happened. That's the only explanation for a firing this close to a season. He was discovered to have committed unthinkable crimes. He was discovered to have done something so horrific that you had to fire him now. He was caught sleeping with the owner's wife. He was caught sleeping with the owner. Doesn't matter to me. That's possible. So all of these questions are being asked because it's got to be something like that. And then Glenn Taylor says, ah, you know, we were considering this, but new information came to light that forced us to go in a different direction right now. Really? If that new information is not something that you did not discover the day you fired Gerson, then you are full of it and you don't know what you're doing. There had been talk, there had been rumors that he had issues when it came to front office culture. That's the new thing that people talk about now in the 2020s. The culture is toxic. In the old days, it was very simple. It's not toxic. You just do your job. But now everyone's a little more sensitive. You got to be politically correct. You don't want to get canceled. You want to be nice to everyone. You want to be courteous. But apparently, Gerson was difficult. I've worked for a lot of difficult people. People may think I was difficult to work for or with. But it was worse. He had an inappropriate relationship with somebody. <gasps> no. That is the first time in history, folks, that a front office executive has had a relationship with someone in his company or on his team. It's never happened before. They have broken new ground in Minnesota. The owner didn't know what to do. He called up Adam Silver and said, what do we do? We have a culture situation. Well, when did you learn about that, Glenn? I've been hearing about it over the months, but now it's really bad because he's screwing someone in the office next door. No, that can't be the reason. How's his relationship with his assistant? Oh, it's bad. The assistant's not even allowed in the gym. What? The assistant who is now taking over, by the way, people are lauding that takeover because he is the first Indian to take over an NBA team. He's going to be the interim head of basketball operations. So I guess you fire a Latino and you hire, promote an Indian. That means it's a net zero as far as basketball is concerned in terms of diversity. So no harm, no foul. But the harm and the foul is what is going on with the organization. It is impossible for owners to continue to hide behind the fact, oh, I had no idea. I didn't realize, Mark Cuban said, that harassment was going on. Who knew that there were 
lascivious prurient pictures being taken of cheerleaders, said Daniel Snyder. Who knew? I had no idea. I'm just the owner. I know I wanted them put on my desk. Yeah. No, I know I get an update from the GM every single day. And I speak to other people in the organization. If not, you'd think I'm a complete moron. But we're making new discoveries like we're Christopher freaking Columbus discovering San Salvador. And it happens to be on the eve of training camp. Hmm. Interesting. Second only to the news coming out that Elton Brand is a target for the Minnesota Timber Foxes. And the reason Elton Brand may be available is he works for the Philadelphia Independence, and they hired Daryl Morey. Daryl Morey moved Elton Brand to a what they call a consultant role, which is the same thing. I will make you a bet right now. If you had Elton Brand in front of you and you see him, hey, Elton, how many times a day do you speak to Daryl Morey? Zero. How many times have you spoken in the last two weeks? Zero. How many times in the last six months? Thrice. Elton Brand totally pushed aside in Philadelphia. So he is likely available. And it turns out that A-Rod, sources say, according to Steve Cohn on Twitter, A-Rod has interest in Elton Brand. Hmm. Do you think A-Rod could have gone to Glenn Taylor and said, hey, Glenn, would you do me a favor and fire Rosas so we can bring in Elton Brand? Not a chance. When you have someone who has a path to control, you pretty much ignore them. You don't give them any power at all because the reason they have the path to control and not the immediate control is that you want the control. And when you know that you have a sunset provision in your control, there's no way you are going to do anything that anyone wants you to do except what you want to do as long as it's not in the contract. What I mean by that is when you sell a team like Glenn did to J-Rod, there could be a provision that says you may not fire the head coach or the president of basketball operation without telling us first. We shall have the right to suggest who gets hired, but you do not have to listen to us. We have the right to name the next president of baseball operations or we have no right of consultation at all. Whatever you want in the contract, you can put in. It's unclear what power Glenn Taylor did give to Laura and Rodriguez, but it is mighty coincidental that the same day that Rosas is fired, Brand is rumored. You know what? That seems to me like a pretty good way to see, doesn't it? I'm going to give you that official way to see just for fun, just because we're here. Elton Brand rumored he's going to be hired. Elton Brand will be the next president of basketball operations for the Minnesota Timberwolves. Unclear when that will happen. They're doing a full search. Remember, this is the same Timberwolves team that fired Flip Saunders' son during the season, then hired that coach from Toronto in the middle of the season. And I had to wait to see that they were going to get fined because their coaching search was an abomination. It was an insult to the Selig rule and the Rooney rule. They just hired a guy too sweet, gave him the permanent job because he was coming off and being an assistant to the world champion Raptors. Remember when all that happened? So it's not like the Timberwolves follow any procedures. It's not like they actually have a plan 
Stan. Maybe Stan Van Gundy would be a good head coach for the team. Yeah. Elton Brand, that's a way to see. You remember way to sees because we were visit them. A couple of them are of note today that I lost. I don't really lose weight to seize. It's more like I say something's going to happen and then it doesn't and I'm going to revisit it. All the way back in March of 2021, on March 12th, if you go back to that show, there was all that hubbub about Frank McCourt. Remember the parking lot attendant who sold the Dodgers, made a fortune, got divorced. His wife wanted the team. She didn't get the team. They went to court twice, three times a lady. And then Jamie McCourt went to be the ambassador to France under Donald Trump. Frank McCourt said, I still want to own a team. So he bought a soccer team. And the people over there said, oh, my God, you suck here, too. And I said, man, McCourt's going to have to sell. Well, I should have known better. Of course, Frank McCourt didn't sell. Why would he sell? Who cares what anyone says about Frank McCourt? I can relate to that. So I got that wrong. But that same day, I said, Russell Wilson will not be traded before the 2021 season. That was the same day that all that happened with the Seattle Seahawks. And Russell Wilson, I don't want to play for you. Here's the four teams I want to play for. And we had a great laugh on nothing personal. And we pretended that we were receiving the piece of paper from Russell Wilson. Oh, thank you so much, Russell, for telling us what teams you want to play for. Oh, oh, we're going to do our very darndest to get you to those exact four teams. Thank you. Ooh, they know that won't work. Oh, no, they won't take you. Ooh, no chance for that. Oh, that may. Oh, no. Hey, Russell, anyone else? Oh, you love us now? All right, play ball. I said Wilson wouldn't be traded, and he wasn't. So that's a no and a yes on the same day. And then a year before that, in July, over a year ago, on July 16th, 2020, that was the day when Major League Baseball, the Players Association, said that they were going to file a grievance that's not correct, Coca. 10, 12, 69. Another wait to see happened on July 16, 2020. That was when it was announced that MLB would be playing the shortened 60-game season. Remember, that was the number of games that MLB decided and paid the players their full pro rata rate for playing 60 games out of 162. You may remember during COVID, there was a fight over whether the players would give up part of their salary. They did not. They got paid their full daily rate, but there were only 60 games. And the players and the owners had a deal that the owners would do everything they could to play as many games as possible. They delayed, they delayed, they delayed. And then they said, uh-oh, we can't do the postseason in November. We have to finish the season by the end of September, which I disagreed with. So we can only play 60 games. Have a good season. And I said, well, there's going to be a grievance filed by the Players Association, but it's not going to go to hearing. And the reason I thought it would never go to hearing is that that is a straight loser for owners and for players. For the players to prevail on this grievance, they will have to prove they've got the burden. They have to prove that the owners acted and the commissioner acted in bad faith, that they delayed purposefully with reckless disregard and indifference toward their agreement, which stated that they were supposed to play as many games as possible. But in that agreement, there were so many caveats. There were so many areas and exit ramps for the, for the owners to delay, and delay they did. I thought the owners would never want this grievance to go to a hearing because if by chance 
the arbitrator would rule in the favor of the players, that would be a huge amount of money owed to the players as they enter a collective bargaining agreement phase. And that would cause an even more difficult negotiation because owners would say, hey, we already are down $500 million, $400 million. So we're going to start negotiating based on the fact that we've got to recoup that money. So I just figured that like many other grievances over the years, when, and there's grievances, there's, let's say there's 20 or 25 per year, just as an example. The way you know is they're numbered by year. So the first grievance of the 2021 would have the number 2021 1. 2021-6 is the sixth grievance I think you've caught on. That's how it was done for all the years I was in baseball. And when a collective bargaining agreement is getting negotiated, at the very end, they settle all of the outstanding grievances as part of the new agreement. So they look at every single grievance that is open and they say, you take that one, you take that one, you take that one, and they switch it off. So I assumed that this grievance would be dropped when an agreement was made, whether that was in December, avoiding a lockout, whether it was in February, avoiding delaying spring training, whether it was in March, avoiding delaying the season, whether it was in June to save the season, whatever the case may be, I assume this grievance would disappear. Surprise, word came out yesterday, they're going to hearing on Monday. I am taking a loss on the way to see of July 16, 2020, but we are taking a loss as fans of Major League Baseball because it is a B-A-D-S-I-G-N that this grievance is going to hearing. There's still opportunity for settlement, but when a grievance goes to hearing, there is testimony, there is acrimony. Will there be alimony? Maybe palimony. Whatever there is, there will be money, 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 money. There is so much that baseball is fighting about. They're fighting about arbitration. They're fighting about guaranteed contracts. They're fight, fighting about pension retirement benefits. They're not fighting about concussions. That's a positive. They're also, believe it or not, not fighting about the minor leagues. And that's going to really present a problem to many of you who are super upset of how minor leaguers are, tr are treated, super upset about how, how minor leaguers are paid, super upset about how minor leaguers are fed, how they're housed. We have discussed every one of those issues on Nothing Personal. And I have told you how it goes. And I've gotten a little criticized by people who are not on the inside of the game, on the outside of the game, people who want it to be different and are upset when I say things like, we know how to take care of our prospects and we don't care as much about the filler players. I don't know why you'd get upset about that. In your company, are certain people treated differently than others? Are the highest producers treated differently than the lowest producers? Highest revenue guys, people. I can't say guys anymore after Survivor. Come on in, guys. Nah, it's just come on in now. That's the famous Survivor thing. Come on in, guys, when you're doing a challenge or tribal council or whatever. Now, apparently you can't say that. So now it's just come on in. Survivor 41 was yesterday. Debut. I spent a year and a half not watching Survivor. It made me very sad, but it's back. Anyway, I want to get back to the minor leaguers because I don't know why I was talking about guys. Oh, because we take care of guys because it's male baseball players who are prospects. And you all get upset about that. 
Well, the Phillies played the Mets, and I don't mean the big league team, although sometimes when you're watching the Phillies play the Mets, you may mistake them for the minor league team. But in fact, their lower level minor league teams met and they all were wearing these bracelets. And the bracelet said, fair ball. You got that? Fair ball. What does that mean? I think what that means is that they're upset about how they're paid, how they're housed, and how they're fed. And I understand. What would I do if my minor leaguers were wearing that? Maybe Marlins minor leaguers would wear that, given what we've heard about the Marlins. But by the way, what the Marlins do, I'd love to take the opportunity to tell you that the Marlins treat their minor leaguers worse than every other team, but they don't. I would be furious. If I found out that our minor league players were staging a little protest like that, I would call our head of player development, not the guy who was fired by the Padres yesterday, who fired their scouting director. Remember, we told you people were still going to get fired by the Padres. They're just going to fire everyone. Why wouldn't they? They suck. I would call my head of player development. I would say, hey, I want the details. Who wore what? Were any of our prospects wearing that? That would be my first question. Not the fillers. Don't care. Any fillers wearing that? Bye-bye. Do we have any prospects wearing it? Am I being harsh? Is it outrageous that I would penalize players for staging a protest like Fairball and embarrassing me as a big league president? I have it within my right Beyond question. There's not one thing you can do. I don't care what organization you run. And believe me, there's a lot of people talking. There's a bunch of nonprofits who are there for the increasing minor league pay and helping out minor leaguers, blah, blah, blah. There's not one thing you can do. If I want to get rid of fillers, bye-bye. I just wave them in two seconds flat. But I'd get a list of prospects. Which of our prospects did that? I would have the head of player development himself or herself or themselves get on a plane and go talk to that player and say, listen here. If you've got a problem with anything going on, you come to me. And I don't mean me, David. I mean me, the head of player development. We will then talk to the GM. We may even get an audience with upper level management above the assistant GM, the president of baseball operations, maybe even the president of the team. Would I meet with a prospect who was complaining about minor league wages? I would not. I wouldn't take that meeting. I would leave that to the president of baseball ops. I would delegate that. I would go to our CFO and say, hey, what's in the budget next year? Let's take a look at that. Ooh, we can't increase that budget. We're losing money. But you want to know whether I would discipline players for wearing fair ball as a little protest? You're damn right I would. Word came out that the Phillies potentially were engaging in some disciplinary activity. That there was some backlash. So Dave Dombrowski, bless his soul, the president of baseball operations for the Philadelphia Phillies who are on the outside looking in unlikely to make the playoffs because the Cardinals don't lose. Yes, we lost our pick of the day. Unlikely to make the playoffs. But for whatever reason, Dave Dombrowski had to give a quote. He felt so compelled 
to give a quote for the sole reason that this minor league issue, minor leaguer issue is like a hot button these days and he doesn't want to get in trouble. So he said, to my knowledge, no player got in trouble for this. Our staff met with the players the next day since it was the last day of the season and an end of the year meeting was planned. That's true. You do meet with your players at the end of the minor league season. You give them their program for the off season. You say, hey, if you have to get a job because you don't make enough money, make sure you have time to work out and do the following workout. He then said the wristband topic came up. Dave, if you're going to give a quote about something, please think it through better because wait till you hear the next sentence. The wristband topic came up, but it was for knowledge sakes. <laughs> I'm sorry. Hold on, Coca. Give me, give me 10 seconds here. We're gonna take a 10 second breather and we're gonna we're gonna wipe in again at 240.69. Dave Dombrowski continued his quote by saying the wristband topic came up, but it was for knowledge sakes. What does that mean, Dave? Like you had to learn what was going on? Hey, I wanted to gain knowledge. I wanted to really improve my understanding. I wanted to get the brain going. Instead of doing crossword puzzles or Sudoku, I'm going to gain knowledge on wristband gate. He then said no player got in trouble or was scolded for wearing them. Scolding. That's sort of a word you use for kids, isn't it? I never would say we scolded our players. Hey, come here. I'm going to scold you. With scalding hot water, you're going to be scolded. I'm glad no player got in trouble. That's not the question. Did anybody get released? And what did your owner have to say about it or your team president? What are you going to do about the minor leaguers and their upset? <laughs> Those are the questions you'd ask Dave, right? If you actually are getting him to talk about this. If I were interviewed about the fair ball wrist gate, I would say, yeah, I'm aware of it, but you should certainly be speaking to our player development head or assistant general manager, because they are far better able to discuss this issue. It doesn't even rise to my level. But Dave was so nervous that he felt he absolutely had no choice but to quote. Yeah, it happens, doesn't it? All right, when we come back, we are going to have a conversation about a movie starring Nicolas Cage. And then we're going to talk just a little bit about uh, what happened in Tampa last night, because that was an update that is causing quite a stir in the world of sports. But first, after the break, there will be bacon. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. 
From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. Welcome back to Nothing Personal. My name is David. Thank you for rating. Uh-oh. I just dropped my pen, but I got it back. Fell on my lap because I sit up straight. If you're watching this on YouTube, please. Nothing Personal with David Sampson is the YouTube channel. I have a um, a finger fetish, not other people's fingers and not my fingers any place other than holding a pen. I don't twirl the pen. I just hold it during a show to make a point. I learned that in law school when you are speaking in front of judges or speaking in front of a jury. There are certain times that you, when you want to make a point, you gesticulate with a hand sometimes the right hand, sometimes the left hand. It matters when you are making a point. Are you holding your elbow close to your chest, like in like this, if you're watching when you're making a point, or do you extend your arm sort of in a larger gesture? The difference there, when I'm making my points, when I put my arms out and I'm making a point, I'm trying to bring in more people because I need to get more momentum behind what I'm saying. When I'm very close to the vest making a point, it doesn't either matter to me whether I'm bringing in more people or I already have more people who understand what I'm saying. Not They don't necessarily agree with me. It's not about that. It's about making sure people understand the issue I'm talking about. So that's why right now I am totally out here with my arms because you're looking at yourself and you're saying, what in the hell is he talking about? Watch a movie every day. Nicolas Cage, I feel like he's in a movie every day. Every Monday and Wednesday, I look up and there's a new movie dropping on Netflix. There's a new movie that I have to pay $6.99 for. I could pay $18.99. I can rent it for three days, two days. You better watch it now. You got 48 hours. Paychecks are necessary for Nicolas Cage. He's got a bit of alimony. He's got some stuff going on. He agreed to do a movie called The Pig. Yes, that was the bacon reference from before the break. The Pig is a movie that is being rumored to have some Oscar buzz. Nicolas Cage is an Academy Award winner for Leaving Las Vegas. He's in several of my top 100 movies. Loved him in Face Off, but Valley Girl is his early movie. Not his first movie. I think he made an appearance, quick appearance in Fast Times at Ridgemont High as Nick Coppola, which is actually his name, not Nick Cage, but he wanted to be not Nick Coppola because that's such a famous name. He wanted to make it on his own as though no one knew he was Coppola's brother the minute he changed his name to Cage. Oh, my God, I had no idea you were related to Francis Ford Coppola. Boom. Anyway, he's had a hell of a career. The Pig is a movie where he is a guy who owns and is in love with a truffle pig. Truffle pigs are pigs that can snout out. Is that a word, Coca? Not sure that's the word. Snoot out? I don't know. I'm Jewish. What do I know? Anyway, pigs apparently have a nose that knows truffles. And Nick Coppola had this pig. He was a famous chef 
who got the truffles from the pig. And then he went off the grid because he went a little cray cray. We're not exactly sure why, but then we find out why we don't want to know more, but then we do. We're worried about him, but then we're not. And then he gets the pig taken away. And the movie is about him trying to get his pig back. It sounds ridiculous, doesn't it? I went into this movie under the assumption that it would be brutal, that it would be a snoozer, a 20 phone movie looking at the phone every five minutes. You know, as it turns out, Nicolas Cage's performance in the entire movie has amazing nuance, amazing subtlety. His performance reminds me a little bit of The Revenant because he looks like Leonardo DiCaprio. He looks sort of like Mandy Patinkin not having showered in Homeland for two years, that sort of look. And uh, I enjoyed it. He's not going to win the Oscar, but if you've got it, 92 minutes. I'm very curious why it was cut down from two and a half hours to one and a half hours. And I wonder what was missed because the first cut of the film was two and a half hours. The released version was only one and a half hours, 92 minutes. I could have used about 12 minutes more. There were certain scenes that I feel were cut a little short, but the silence builds. And anytime Alan Arkin's son is in a movie or in a TV show, I'm going to watch it. Adam Arkin plays a character. It's quite an underworld of chefs, by the way. And I don't mean like the top chef made for TV stuff. I'm talking about the real life down and dirty chefs. It's called The Pig. Okay. Ooh, we have a, we have a Warriors conversation we have to have before we get to Kevin Kiermeyer. The Golden State Warriors are starting their training camp soon. We've all been very clear, right, what the rules are. It's sort of out there. If you are around the bench, you're vaccinated. If you're on the bench, we can't force you to be vaccinated, but you better be vaccinated or else you're going to have to follow a ton of rules like wearing a mask and not sitting near your teammates. We went through that whole rigmarole of what the NBA rules were. And then I told you that if you're in San Francisco or in New York, it doesn't matter what the NBA rules are because the rules by the state and the city say you cannot go into a large event unless you are vaccinated. I don't care if you're performing. I don't care if you're selling popcorn. I don't care if you're coaching. I don't care if you are watching. You will be vaccinated. Well, the Knicks and Nets are starting their training camp. And both general managers of the Knicks and Nets have said, no problem. We are GTG. There's been no such comment out of Warriors camp. The only comments out of Warriors camp have come from Joe Lake of the owner. Who talked about Ben Simmons and how he didn't want Ben Simmons. Remember that too expensive, can't finish games. We talked about it yesterday. I said, ooh, the NBA might not like that. Guess what? The NBA fined him 50 grand. So Joe Lakeup wrote a, wrote a check for 50 grand, or he didn't write a check. My guess is he went to the jar by the side of his bed where we put in dimes and nickels and quarters, and he puts in hundos. And he took out 50G, which is five, five stacks, handed it over to Adam Silver and said, yeah, Simmons still sucks. And then he got a phone call from Steve Kerr and said, hey, you know, we got a small problem here with Andrew Wiggins. And Joe said, what do you mean? What's the problem? Well, the guy won't get vaccinated. Well, I heard that was the issue, but didn't you tell him that he can't play if he's not vaccinated? He will not be able to play home games. He won't get vaccinated. 
I know what we'll do, the Warriors said. We're going to introduce him to a doctor to explain to him the efficacy of the vaccination. That made me laugh. Ho, ho, ho. And a bottle of rum. Do you know what Wiggins said after he was taught about the vaccine by the doctor in Oakland, the independent doctor? He said, yeah, I get it. But no, I'm 26 years old. I don't really care if you get it. I'm happy for you all to get vaccinated. But me, I'm not going to do it unless I have to do it. Um, Wait a minute. In order to play home games, you have to do it. Ah, but I can get a religious exemption. Ooh, my name is now Andrew Wigginstein. And I cannot play on Shabbat. But that said, I also can't get vaccinated. Um, What's the reason? Well, I'm not allowed to put needles in my arm. Well, you know, not in the shoulder. Veins are fine. Toenails, good. GMAB, would you please, Andrew? Get the damn vaccination. Are you that rich that you're willing to give up your home games and your salary? If you don't get the exemption, is the NBA going to work with San Francisco and the California authorities to get Wiggins an exemption when they know it's absolute horse hockey, when they know for sure that it's not religion at all, that it's a lack of belief in science? I hope the NBA and I hope the Warriors do not do one thing to help Andrew Wiggins. He should not get an exemption because it's an insult to the people who actually do want and deserve and really believe in the religious exemption. Everyone line up right behind me here, please, for the religious exemption. What do you got? Oh, nope. Next. What do you got? Oh, you're a vegan? Nope. Next. What do you got? Oh, you're a Buddha? Sorry. Next. What do you got? Oh, Allah? Next. Oh, Jewish? No. What do you got? Oh, Jesus Christ? Oh, let me think about that. No. What God exactly says, you know what? No needle in the shoulder. Because then by definition, that's got to be the God that's okay with people dying of COVID. That's what I would ask someone if they wanted the religious exemption. He doesn't want you to get the shot, huh? Hmm. You sure you want to pray to that one? Can I give you some suggestions of other gods you may want to pray to? Those are the gods that are pretty good with you living and want you to live and play and make money and donate some money to charity. Have some extra money for the tith. I just used a word that I do not know if that is the right word. You know where I stand religiously. I stand five foot five, a buck 29. But I think the thing is when you're in church and you put money in when they pass the can. Coca, do you have any idea? Coca, stop listening. Coke is gone. 450. He actually told me he was done at 450 episodes because I told him to be 450 or beyond. You have to be vaccinated. He said, I have an exemption. Nah, he's vaccinated. <sighs> okay. <laughs> if one more person tweets out that they are upset that Kevin Kiermeyer got hit. I'm going to lose my mind. Kevin Kiermeyer's a Tampa Bay Ray. We had a great segment yesterday. It made me laugh, at least. The segment for Kevin Kiermeyer was, give it back. When you find something that's not yours and you know it's not yours, give it back. Do the right thing. 
One time, Spike, do the right thing. And I tweeted out, hey, the Rays better wear some extra padding. Kevin Kiermaier comes up in the eighth inning, boom, gets hit right in the numbers, exactly where you're supposed to hit. The next time a major league pit tells you, hey, I didn't know where the ball was going when they hit someone in the head or when they hit someone in the back or the tush, you know it's not true because the pitcher for the Blue Jays hit Kiermaier exactly. He threw a strike, which is what pitchers can do. Right in the numbers is where you hit him. Kiermaier was angry. He thought it was Bush League. Did you? Hmm. He said, oh, yeah, it was intentional. Really, Kevin? Yes, it was. It pretty much almost went behind me, he continued. I thought it was a weak move, to be quite honest. It's over. It didn't hurt by any means, so I don't care. Whatever. We move on. We got a series win, and I hope we play those guys. I really do. If I am the Stuart Sternberg, the owner of the Rays, the organization that I respect so much, I am so furious with Kiermaier for those comments. I'm furious for what he did the two days earlier by taking the piece of paper and not giving him back. I'm furious that our bench didn't return it. I understand exactly that the Blue Jays hit Kiermaier because he deserved it. It was the exact circumstance that you plan to hit someone. You're losing 7-1. The game's over. You know the pitcher who did it is going to get suspended. It's going to be a quick suspension. Five games. They'll move it down to four or three. It'll be served before the playoffs start, or you can delay it and serve at the beginning of next season. But Kiermaier had a chance after this to actually do a small mea culpa. Why not do it? Instead, he doubled down. And for all of you saying that I want players to get hurt, you are wrong. I do not want players to get hurt, but I am very aware which teams go headhunting. The Blue Jays don't go headhunting. Mark Shapiro, the president of baseball ops there, does not go headhunting. Charlie Montoya does not go headhunting. They play the game the right way. And the right way is you settle things on the field. People were tweeting out, I think Buster Only of ESPN tweeted out, why not just go behind the cage and have a conversation? Why do this barbaric act? I think it was something like that. But if it's not you, Buster, I'm sorry. I thought it was you. I may have read that tweet. It could have been someone else. There were myriad people who were writing how Bush League it was. And you're the same people who tweet that everyone's too soft now. No collisions at second base or home plate. Bunch of babies now. This is not old school baseball. These are not the unwritten rules of baseball. This is today's baseball and the rules are written. You do something like that to a team, you are going to get hit. Hard stop. So my message to everybody who doesn't like it, get over it. It's not changing. The people who run these teams, and I know them all, the people who run the teams are making decisions not based on your view of what baseball should be. They're basing it on their view of what baseball is. Tampa Bay ended up, I don't remember what they did last night. Oh, yeah, they crushed the Jays. The Jays are now a half a game behind the Yankees. What a great wild card race in the uh, American League. The National League is not fun at all, as a matter of fact. It was supposed to be this great race. 
The only fun race right now is Giants Dodgers for who's going to win the division. The Giants don't lose. They, they simply do not lose. The Dodgers lost Walker Bueller. That's another way to see Walker Bueller will have a better season than Trevor Bauer. That's obviously a win, but Bueller has struggled his last couple outings. If I'm the Dodgers, I am making sure that Max Scherzer is pitching a wild card game because I'm two back with 10 to play. I still want to win the division. I still have a chance. But if you have to pitch Scherzer to win the division in the last game of the season, are you going to do it? Yes, you are. But then you're going to have either Kershaw or Bueller for a wild card game. And I'd be worried. The Cardinals are so hot. I had the Cardinals losing to the Brewers last night in the nothing personal pick of the day. Well, we're back to 20 games over. The Cardinals simply aren't losing. I'm not picking against them again. Cardinals win again, 122 and 102. We have two picks of the day I want to talk about. Tonight is the uh, football, Thursday night football. And it's an interesting game with the undefeated Carolina Panthers playing against the Deshaun watson Houston Texans. Now, Houston named a starting quarterback, Tyrod Taylor. Taylor got hurt, and you'd said, all right, Watson's ready to play. But you listened to nothing personal, and you realized that Watson will not take a snap this year. The NFL is not going to suspend him. It's like he's on administrative leave. He and Trevor Bauer are sort of in the same place, right? Deshaun Watson's getting paid not to play. Eventually, he'll either be charged, he won't be charged, there'll be civil suits, there won't be civil suits, he'll be suspended for a number of games or he won't, but in the meantime, he remains paid and inactive, so the Texans have to start a rookie quarterback. I don't know who's going to win the game, but I got a bonus pick for you. It's going to go under 43. Panthers, Texans, under 43 is my pick of the day, but I'm going to give you a baseball pick as well. There is an interesting game tonight with the Washington Nationals and the Cincinnati Reds. Why interesting? Because on April 16th of 2021, I gave you a wait to see. And the wait to see was that Patrick Corbin, that huge, amazing free agent signing, the guy who was going to combine with Max Scherzer and Steven Strasburg to form the greatest threesome, this side of Lara Flynn Boyle and Josh Charles and Stephen Baldwin, Strasburg out, Scherzer traded, Corbin stinks. I gave you a way to see that he would not be in the rotation at the end of the year, not realizing that the Nationals wouldn't care because they're so bad. They're just fighting the Marlins for last place in the NL East. So Patrick Corbin is starting tonight. He's going to finish the season in the rotation. He's terrible, but still that way to see is a no. And he's going tonight against our former player, the non-second baseman, Luis Castillo, the guy we traded for Dan Straley, the guy who has pitched much better as of late. The Reds were making a huge run for the playoffs, and then that was it. The Cardinals got hot. The Reds did not. It doesn't have huge meaning. The Reds still think they're in it because if I'm the GM of the Reds, I'm saying, guys, let's win out. If we win our last 10 games, the Cardinals eventually have to lose a game. Let's at least try to get back in the playoff race. So I'm going to take a steal over Corbin because I will never again pick the Nats when Patrick Corbin is pitching. And tonight, the Reds will most certainly beat him. That is the show. There's been a lot of business today, and it's all been nothing personal.
Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.